Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Today we're going to be talking about the QAnon supporting Republican lawmaker and some new revelations that have led to calls for her expulsion, the very, very serious issue of cancel culture, and my interview with Al Franken, where we discuss those very calls for certain lawmakers and senators to be removed from Congress, whether he'd support it, and the MAGA wing of the party trying to oust the establishment Republicans. I'm Brian Tyler Cohen, and you're listening to No Lie. So I want to talk about the QAnon supporting Republican lawmaker from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I wrestled with talking about this on the podcast today because even though I focus on disinformation and bad faith talking points, I also have to toe the line between the kinds of people I want to give exposure to. Right. And so I'll weigh the risks between whether it's worth it to air a clip or report on someone to debunk something they said, knowing that by virtue of doing it, I'm only further giving them oxygen. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of those people who normally... I would think it would be better to ignore than to give her fringe views another platform. But this week, we got an avalanche of news about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like how in 2018 and 2019, according to posts and comments from her own Facebook page that have since been deleted, she expressed support for the execution of FBI agents who she decided were part of the deep state working against Trump. She indicated support for hanging Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. She called the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland a false flag. She harassed one of the teenage survivors from that shooting on the street and vlogged about it. Here she is saying that the punishment for treason is being put to death before immediately stating that Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason. She's a traitor to our country. She's guilty of treason. She took an oath to protect American citizens and uphold our laws. And she gives aid and comfort to our enemies who illegally invade our land. That's what treason is. And by our law, Representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government. And it's a, it's a crime punishable by death is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason and we want her out of our government. And so while one part of me firmly believes that Marjorie Taylor Greene definitely belongs in that category of people that I shouldn't give oxygen to, another part of me started thinking about what the right would say if Marjorie Taylor Greene was on the left. And I don't think a single second of a single minute of a single hour of a single day would go by where the Sean Hannity's and Judge Janine's and Laura Ingram's wouldn't hyperventilate about her. And so if I refuse to acknowledge her, then I'm basically telling the right, okay, you can pretend that everyone with a pulse on the left is some dangerous radical, but when you actually have a dangerous radical in your ranks on the right, we'll give you a pass. And I really don't have any intention of doing that. And so I think it's important to talk about her for two reasons. One, because this is what a fringe figure looks like. The Fox News universe has been falling over itself, pretending that uh, AOC is fringe. AOC is not fringe. AOC is probably one of the most reasoned people on the left. She fights relentlessly for good governance. She won't buy stocks because she doesn't think members of Congress should own them. She believes in a livable wage, in uh, women's reproductive rights, in bold action for climate change. All of this is popular with Democrats and Republicans. If she's fringe, 
The whole country is fringe. The reason they call her fringe is because they're afraid of her. She's effective. She's popular. She resonates with the people. She is a threat. And so they branded her something that bears no resemblance to her actual beliefs because it's the only way they can try and neutralize her. But she is not fringe. Marjorie Taylor Greene is. But the other reason? This is what the GOP is now. And that's important to acknowledge. Like, not only can't a single Republican manage to condemn her other than Mitt Romney, big surprise there, but they gave her a pretty coveted committee assignment. She's on the Education Committee. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the woman who called Parkland a false flag and berated a child who survived that school shooting. And so I want to make it clear that at some point, Republicans can't pretend like she's an outlier when they are all embracing her, when she's getting committee assignments, when they repeat the same lies that she tells. She's not the fringe in the GOP. The GOP as a whole is the fringe. And look, I know you don't need yet another example of projection by the GOP, but when the right calls every Democrat radical because those on the left support health care, support COVID relief, support uh, combating climate change, support a livable wage, they're just overcompensating for the fact that their side is out there suggesting that a secret cabal of Satan-worshipping cannibalistic pedophiles is running a global child sex trafficking ring and plotting against Donald Trump. If you want to tell me that the left is radical or fringe or, or extreme when people like Marjorie Taylor Greene not only exist on the right, but's embraced on the right, then I'm sorry, but you are living on a different planet. Up to now, I've pretty much opposed what I think could be like resistance Twitter style calls for expulsion, but not for Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think her presence there poses a clear and present danger to the people she works with. Nowhere else in this country should you be expected to go to work with someone who calls for you to be executed, but for some reason Democrats have to in Congress? And if she's held accountable, then it's censorship? That's the new play now. Republicans can be uh, seditious, they can be homicidal, they can be fringe lunatics, and if there's any effort whatsoever to hold them responsible for their own words, then they're somehow the victims because the left is canceling them. This is the party that once branded itself the party of personal responsibility. And just to stay on this issue for another second, I will never understand why the right thinks that by going on air and complaining about being canceled, again, for their own words and their own actions, that that is somehow going to appeal to the American people. Like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, a jobs crisis, an economic recession, and Republicans being broadcast into Americans' living rooms think that the issue that's going to resonate with them is censorship? First of all, they're not being censored. They're on Fox News every day. That is, by definition, not censorship. But second of all, people need to eat. They need to pay their rent. They need to keep the heat on. They need to survive this virus. And their elected officials, who make $174,000 a year, are whining that they don't get a free pass for calling for Pelosi to be executed? The priorities of Republicans in office couldn't be more detached from the people they serve. As if cancel culture is a thing for anyone else in the world other than the people who are being held to account for doing or saying something terrible. As if the family of four in, uh, in North Dakota trying to get by is worried about censorship. It is bad enough that Republicans created this crisis by kowtowing to Trump and taking every step imaginable to let this virus and the accompanying economic downturn thrive. But instead of finally, finally doing something about it, their focus is trained on cancel culture? Give me a break. So two things need to happen, and they need to happen simultaneously. The first is that these lunatics on the right need to be called out because there is only one group of radicals in this country, and it is not the people out there trying to get you relief checks and a $15 minimum wage. This is not normal, and we shouldn't accept any efforts to normalize it. And the other thing is that Democrats need to govern and deliver what they promise to the American people with or without Republican support. 
because the only way the right wins is if they can prove that government doesn't work. They rely on the dysfunction and the chaos and the division because it exclusively helps them. They're the only party who touts small government. That's why even the presence of fringe lunatics doesn't bother them because making Washington look like a circus is the point, even if it's only one side doing it. But so long as we continue to govern and to do it effectively, then Americans will continue to recognize that there is way too much at stake to waste our tax dollars putting conspiracy theorists and clout chasers in Congress. Next up is my interview with Al Franken. Okay, today we have Al Franken. Al, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Always a pleasure to be on. So uh, since the last time we spoke, looks like our Jewish space lasers are no longer a secret, so that's a bummer. Yeah, well, they were bound to find out about it, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. The one thing we had left. I know. So in, in all seriousness, I do want to talk about some of these Republican lawmakers. In just the last few weeks, we have people like Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, who've cheered on the mob that stormed the Capitol. Green is an avowed QAnon supporter. She said the Parkland shooting was a false flag. I could go on and on. Yeah. Have we officially crossed the line from obstructionist Republicans to dangerous ones? Yeah, they're dangerous. I mean, uh, what they did on January 6th, I mean, the or, and leading up to it in terms of spreading the, this idea that there was fraud in the, in the election it was, is dangerous and has been, and it was part of what led to the, the storming of, of the Capitol and five people dying, and all of these people should be investigated. There should be hearings in, and, uh, in terms of uh, what, what kind of contact these people had with people who invaded the Capitol. And also, it should go, for I was in the Senate, I've, Cruz and, and Hawley and some of the others, definitely the same thing. And I mean an, invest, uh, an ethics investigation where um, they get their emails, where they look at all their emails, where they uh, interview their staff, their political staff, as well as their communications staff, uh, they, and their emails, and find out what they were saying to they were talking to these organizers if they knew about it also uh that they knew that these allegations were uh, of fraud were just false and then i think they should be expelled after that yeah so so i mean a lot of people are calling for expulsion from congress for marjorie taylor green there was a bill introduced by democratic lawmaker jimmy gomez they're also calling for the same thing for cruz and hawley what's your take on on that and whether and the likelihood of it actually happening well, I think, again, I think they should first do an investigation. Right. Now, there isn't that much investigating to do on her, but, uh, I mean, you could argue that she represents her caucus. Uh, so, I don't know if you got rid of her. Also, you need uh, two-thirds of the body. So, uh, there were, I think, 147 Republicans who uh, voted to challenge uh Right, doesn't bode well for uh, for the the prospect of having two thirds of the. Yeah, but the, but the, there should be a real ethics investigation and uh, finding out exactly what her history. Is. I mean, she's this thing of a Hillary Clinton killed a, a young woman. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Yeah, I mean. Well, like, actually, she she also said that uh, Hillary Clinton filleted a, a young woman's face or something and drank her blood. I mean. Yeah. It's uh, it's disgusting, and 
sick and she should not be anywhere near. She was elected. And uh, again, she kind of represents the, the Republicans in, in, in a caucus to some degree. <laughs> yeah. Adam Kinzinger tweeted out that Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, quote, is not a Republican. There are many who claim the title of Republican who have nothing in common with our core values. They are rhinos. She is a rhino. That, that was his tweet. Uh-huh. At what point, when you have nearly the whole party supporting her, are they no longer rhinos? Do they become the actual Republican Party? Unfortunately, they seem to be the Republican Party right now. And it seems to still be Trump's party. Uh, let's see how, how this impeachment goes. You know, as Adam Schiff said in his closing statement, you all know that he'll do this again. You, you just know that, right? They know he'll do it again if he gets to run again. <laughs> and that he could win. And that this, uh, this guy has everything he did was illegal. I mean, what he did, the phone call to the Secretary of State of Georgia, that was criminal. He said, find me one, one more vote that I need, which is, yeah. what was it, 11,870? 11,780, yeah. Yeah, yeah or one, 780. One more, than, one more than he lost by. And what would that have looked like? What would the Secretary of State have done? Would he have had a press conference and said, well, we, uh, uh, we've looked at it again, and uh, Trump won by one vote. <laughs> and then, and then but, you know, at the press conference, um, did you do a recount? No, no. Uh, we just, we found 11,780 votes. Uh-huh. And they were all for Trump? Yes. And zero for Biden? Uh-huh. And where'd you find them? Uh, in a box. In a box. <laughs> yeah. uh, where was the box? Under a table. So you're saying, I mean, that's what Trump was asking for. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. was... <laughs> Not even this trying is... to be discreet or subtle, just like, just make it happen. We don't care. Like optics out the window. He know? actually did. He said, give me a break. Give me a break. Come on. Just <laughs> yeah. throw the election for me. You know, just give me a break. I want it. You know, I want it. We're in a bad place right now, aren't we? <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, this is really bad. And my worry is, is that uh, the Republicans in the Senate will not vote to convict. And, uh, and they'll be doing exactly the same thing they did last time. Except this time, I think there'll be witnesses and stuff because... Uh, Democrats are in the majority, so they can dictate that. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm sure Jamie Raskin will put it to him saying, you know, he'll, if he's allowed to run again, he will. And if he, if he does, he could win. If he did, that'd be the end of our country. There's a part of me that's like, that I'm trying to reconcile between saying like, okay, uh, if you don't want to hold Donald Trump accountable and he runs again in 2024, which he will inevitably do, uh, and he's already shown us that he can't win a general election because look how many people came out to vote against him to ensure that he didn't get a second term, um, to reconcile that with the fact that, well, at the same time, he could win. And so you can't even celebrate the prospect of them putting forward a failed candidate because it's not a sure thing that he'd even be a failed candidate. And so they could have the last laugh in the end, you know? Again, when he said, you know that who he is, you know who this man is, and they do. Yeah. And that that man needs to be convicted for the crimes he committed and and needs to be sanctioned so that he can't 
run again for, for anything. But first you got to convict him in order to get to that. And then that is only on a, on a majority, but getting two thirds of the Senate is going to be hard. And it's going to be hard because so many of these Republicans uh, come from red States where they think their only challenge will possible challenge would come from the right in a primary and they're not going to lose in a general because their state is so red. Uh, and that's too bad because what that means is they don't care really about principle and they don't really care about our democracy. And that's, that is sad. That is sad. And, but I think it just happens to be the case. They care about their careers and I've seen that. Well, Matt Gates uh, had gone to Wyoming to start beef with Liz Cheney. Um, and I think we hear in the media a lot how there are these intra-party disputes and there's Dems in disarray and Republicans in disarray. And they, they prop up these stories because they get people reading and, and, and they're sexy stories. But this is, I think, a literal fight for the future of the Republican Party. So, you know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if we are unfortunate enough to see Liz Cheney lose in Wyoming, does the GOP devolve into like, just a full-blown MAGA party? I mean, already the ones that we have left are, I can, you know, count them on one hand between Liz Cheney now and, and Adam Kinzinger and, and Mitt Romney. And there's really not much more beyond that. Yeah, I guess there were 10 in the House. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, he wants her primaried. So <laughs> it would be Liz Cheney. It's, you know, it's it's an at-large you know, seat. So it's the whole state of Wyoming. I remember the Enzies and uh, Fran, my wife and I used to throw pizza parties for the pages every, uh, you know, every class of the pages. And I remember uh, Diana Enzi saying, uh, Mike Enzi was a senator from, from Wyoming that just retired. And she, at one of the uh, pizza dinners for the pages, said to them, you know, when we go back to Wyoming, we don't ask whether people are Republicans or Democrats. And I said, well, you don't have to because they're all <laughs> Republicans. <laughs> and so, I mean, that, you know, whoever. Yeah, it, I mean, that'll be a good test of whether this what what the party is. But it's I don't know. I, I uh, my suspicion is, is that she could lose. And but I think she will have a political future in some way anyway, because um, I think what she did was a stand-up thing to do. And the way she did it was she did it in a stand-up way. I'm not a big fan of the Cheneys, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) Just to make this disclaimer for people watching, this is not a a Cheney apologist uh, interview right now, but it's just, it just goes to show how bad, uh, you know, how bad that other wing of the party is. That's yeah, but what she did was a very stand-up thing, and she didn't, I guess, didn't have to do it, but my God, it's, this guy is such an anomaly. He's so awful and distinct from anyone that's ever gone before, and we need to really be rid of him for good, and I hope that can happen uh, in, in the impeachment, but I don't know if, I don't know if it will. The last time we spoke, you spoke about how when you were in the Senate, you suggested people walking through uh, metal detectors. Yeah. And well, what it was, was, is that there were a number of birthers in the House of Representatives. Right. And if you're a birther, then you think that 
President Obama was illegitimately president. So my feeling was, how can we trust these guys not? It's crazy what they're doing. How can you trust these guys? Make them go through a metal detector on the way into the chamber for the State of the Union. And I actually pitched that to my chief of staff, who said, no, you can't do that. But I, I felt that it would... That's how crazy it is to say, you know, they, that Barack Obama wasn't born in in Honolulu right, and he was born if, in if Kenya. If you think and, this guy isn't if isn't a legitimate president, you have these people here. Like, yeah, I mean, you you know, if you, if you don't think he's the actual president, then yeah, like, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, in your logic, right? But they you basically, know. you know, laughed it off. Uh, turns out they took you up on that now. Um, there are literal metal detectors walking into Congress. So uh, I guess what's it like to see something that got you laughed at uh, suddenly become reality? What didn't get me laughed at, it got me, it just got my chief staff going like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not laughed at. Yeah. Um, but this was, you know, this was a, I was trying to make a statement about how absurd their stance was and how just absurd and how evil and crazy it was to be accusing the president of the United States of, you know, of being being born in Kenya and and not being legally the president. And okay, if you want to do that, go through a metal detector. So I just want to do that. And those are the kinds of things that uh, maybe sometimes I regret not having done because I think they would have made a good point. And now there are Republicans who are talking about going into the chamber with guns. Yeah. I mean, maybe if every member of Congress carried, then you wouldn't have, a, you know, a mob um, <laughs> come in and try to, <laughs> you know, it would have been a lot of carnage. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. It was, yeah, I think it's yeah. a bad idea to allow them to do that. They're they're pretty awful, and the ones that won't wear masks, including Marjorie uh, Green, and uh, that's pretty pretty awful people. That um, and it's gotten there pretty fast. Not that there weren't awful people there before, but I mean, this is this is. uh, We're at the point where I'd rather trade these awful people for the awful people who were there when you were there in a heartbeat, you know, like those awful people don't seem as bad relative to the awful people that we have now. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Tom DeLay was really awful? (laughs) (laughs) Gone are the quaint days where, where uh, Dick Cheney would just shoot somebody in the face and get away with it. You know? So yeah. And remember that was not deliberate. No, I know. I know. All right. Well, Al, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time. It's always great speaking with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Cheney's, but I just want to go on record. That was, <laughs> I think yeah. that was, a, um, that was an accident. You know, Vice President Cheney didn't deliberately shoot a friend in the face. <laughs> I believe. Thanks again to Al Franken. That's it for this episode. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to No Lie with Brian Tyler Cohen, produced by Sam Graber, music by Wellesley, interviews captured and edited for YouTube and Facebook by Nicholas Nicotera, and recorded in Los Angeles, California. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast app. Feel free to leave a five-star rating and a review, and check out briantylercohen.com for links to all of my other channels. 